Welcome to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life podcast with Delane ND, the podcast for people looking to correct chronic illnesses such as diabetes through lifestyle change. I'm Dr. Delane Vaughn. As a physician, I see many patients who are ill because of lifestyle decisions such as food choices. Typically, diseases such as diabetes are managed with pills or injections. This approach creates a vicious, expensive, and unhealthy cycle of medication and then more medication to address the negative side effects. As a physician and a life coach, I work with clients to resolve their diseases, get off their medications, and live a naturally healthy life. If you don't like the healthcare system in America, I recommend you use less of it by being naturally healthy. So if you feel there has to be a better, more natural way to live a healthy life, you are in the right place. Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life with Delane MD podcast. This is podcast number 50 for me. So this is 50 of this podcast series and then there was about 30 podcasts from my previous podcast series. So I'm feeling kind of accomplished that I've got so many of these podcasts under my belt. Today, I had the realization that I have promised a podcast on the manual and kind of relationships and how to work within relationships. And I had prepared an entirely different podcast for this week. I prepared a podcast about natural weight and natural health, and I will get to that. That will be there next week, and I'm really excited about that podcast. But I remember that I had said in one of the most recent podcasts at the end of it that I would be doing this. And really what this stems from is in my work with my clients, I'm seeing this come up so frequently that I know it's not just them. It really isn't. This work, this what we call the manual work, and I'll explain what that means here in a minute, is very challenging for most people. It's just not the way we're taught relationships work in life, like as children, in kindergarten, what we're taught about relationships does not really match up with this. And it's why so many of us struggle in relationships as we get older. So I wanted to get into this a little bit because I really think it'll be helpful for everybody. I want to warn you, my dogs are here in the office with me because I'm home alone and nobody's there to keep them from barking really loudly. If somebody comes up to the door or walks by or a leaf's blowing or God forbid a squirrel's outside. So they're up here with me, which just means you might hear dog panting or moaning or shifting of the dogs here before long. So I'm sorry if you can hear that. So let's talk about the manual. This is a technique that we use in life coaching. This is a, a tool that we use to teach people how to manage relationships. And it's a life coaching tool. So it's not something that most people have heard of. And the word, the manual, like a VCR, for those of you who remember VCR manuals or Xbox manuals or refrigerator manuals, operation manuals is what we're talking about when we're talking about the manual, that sort of a manual. And it's the same thing, right? The refrigerator that you buy from Best Buy and bring home has an operation manual. It troubleshoots, tells you how to use it, tells you what to do, tells you not to do these things tells you all of the things you need to know about your appliance that you just purchased, right? Many of us don't realize that we have a similar operational manual in our brain for relationships within our life. That's intimate relationships like relationships between significant others or spouses. That's relationships with our parents. It's relationships with our children. 
And it's a little different between those children that are grown and those children that are still minors and living in the house. It's the relationships with coworkers. It's relationships with friends. It's relationships with the grocery store clerk. It's relationships with restaurant workers that we interact with. It's relationships with people we run into at the grocery store, right? Like it's not even the clerk. It's not the bagger. It's just like other grocery store customers, right? It's relationships with other drivers on the road. We have manuals set up for every different relationship that we encounter in our life. I'm going to teach you kind of like the behind the curtains, right? The behind the scenes. What's happening? What are we thinking? How does this affect our life? Because this is really where we have the opportunity to make changes and really impact our life in a different way. Again, these manuals are instructions or instructional guides for people in our lives. We usually don't realize, we don't think of it this way. Like, I'm not thinking, I have an inst- When I ask, when I expect my husband to take out the trash, I am not thinking this is part of my instruction guide for my husband and how to live with me and keep me happy. But that's really what it is, right? This is something I assume he should know and that this is how he should behave. And I feel justified in having these expectations of him. But what I don't realize is how damaging it can be for my emotional happiness. When I tie my emotional happiness to his behavior, most of the time we don't realize how damaging that is for us. And that's what I want to explain and get into today and kind of how to change that even. So we'll have an expectation of somebody in our life, and this can even be people who aren't in our life. So a lot of times, like, maybe we had a challenging relationship with our parents, with our mother. Or maybe we had a challenging relationship with a grandparent who's passed on, who's deceased. Or maybe we had a challenging relationship and then break up with a spouse and have an ex that hasn't been in our life for years. But we end up still blaming those people for how we feel. The ex-spouse is a perfect example, right? Like I would have more money had my ex-spouse treated me differently, had that relationship ended differently, had the divorce not gone this way. I'd have more money. I'd be happier. I'd have so much more. I'd have more wealth, X, Y, and Z, whatever it is. But we say that had that gone differently, my experience today would be different. And then we have all of this anger and hate towards them right? And of course, who is suffering with that anger and hate? My ex isn't. I am. My grandparent isn't. I am. My mother, whom I don't speak to anymore, she is not suffering because of my hate. I am. I'm suffering because of this. So that all stems from this manual, from this belief that I would be happier if something had been differently, different, or had somebody behaved differently, or if somebody else would change, then I could be happier. And the reason that this is so, this creates so much suffering in our lives is because we give up power of how we feel to somebody else. And then, of course, for me in coaching, what I help my clients do is see that this just isn't true. Then I bring that power back to my client. And this, of course, is one of the most powerful things I can offer to one of my clients. So here's the first bomb I'm going to drop for you today. Other people's behaviors have absolutely no impact on us emotionally until we think about it. When we think about it, we interpret it. And then we choose to make it mean something. 
But no matter what people do, how they act, or what they say, we don't have to give them the power to determine how we feel about it, okay? So some common manual instructions, and these are very simple. Most of us have much more complicated manuals for other people. But these are some simple and simple manual items that people will have. She should call me back when I call her. She should invite me to the parties that she has when she has them. She should support me. Um, he should tell, tell me that he loves me more. He should buy me something special on my birthday. He should know what I want for my birthday. He should be emotionally available. He shouldn't watch so much football. He should take out the garbage without having to be asked. Or my other favorite, which is the most, this was probably the icebreaker for me on the manual, was they should write me a thank you note when I send them a gift. So for me, I totally do not expect this from anybody. I never will get you a gift with the expectation that you will write me a, a thank you note. That is just not the way I interact in the world. When I get you a gift, I get you a gift because I wanted to get you a gift and I do not expect a thank you note. In fact, I prefer that you do not write me a thank you note for it. It's nice. I like getting letters. I would rather you just write me a letter, but I don't want a thank you note. And I find it really almost offensive when people put that expectation on me to write a thank you note. Now, do I write thank you notes? Yes, I totally write thank you notes. But it's not because I believe people should always write thank you notes because I don't believe that. I write a thank you note because I, it's really important to me that I seem gra- grateful and kind and that I express that to you. That's why I write a thank you note. I do not write a thank you note because I believe that it's customary to get one. Those ideals of gratitude and making sure that I take every opportunity to express gratitude, that's when I write it. That's what moves me to write a thank you note, right? So an example of this in my life, I got, um, I got invited to one of my good friends from residency, her baby shower. And it was, I traveled for it and it was at a place I didn't know. And it was ran by a bunch of folks I didn't know, but they had some really clever ideas. One of which was... As you are dropping off your gift, there were a stack of envelopes for you to put your name and address so that my friend could send a thank you note to kind of make that that easier for her, which I thought was great and clever, right? But on my envelope, I did. I addressed the envelope with my address and then on the backside where she would put her address, the return address, I wrote, please do not send me a thank you note. Instead, go and spend some extra time with your family because I don't want a thank you note for this. I And that's just my take on the thank you note. I don't want you to spend time writing me a thank you note. I want you to spend time enjoying the gift I got you, enjoying your family, doing something that's more important. I know you're grateful for the gift I got you. That's great. I'm, I, I believe that already. I don't need your thank you note. So that's one of those things. This should because a lot of people hold the should belief that people should write thank you notes when they get a gift. And I do not. And that was kind of the icebreaker for me on all of my manuals for other people. We think that there's something everybody would expect of a person, of somebody in their life. And it's just not the case. There is no universal should out there. You're always going to find people who don't expect that. And when you can start to see that breaking of the ice, that kind of crack that goes into that universality of the expectations of others, 
then you can start to have some softening of your expectations. And that really is the game changer where you can start to really gain some ground in changing these expectations for others. So we have these beliefs, right? These shoulds. And then we're very eager to interpret people's behavior as a sign of what we mean to them, right? My husband should take out the trash. When my husband doesn't, then I get to interpret that into he doesn't care about our home. He doesn't value me. He doesn't keep his commitments to me. He doesn't care if we live in filth, right? Like we have all of these interpretations behind what they do or what they don't do. So here is the problem with manuals. Here is why it just does not work. Because we are grown adults and we have the ability and the freedom to behave however we want. I am not compelled to behave in any way just because of your expectations. And nobody is compelled to behave in any way because of my expectations. There is nothing that I ever have to do and there is nothing that anyone ever has to do for me. This is the crux of it. This is the problem with it, right? Each of us are actually responsible for meeting our own needs. Relationships where a partner, partner A, is responsible for partner B's needs or where partner B is responsible for partner A's needs creates constant manipulation, right? Because here's the deal. Partner A cannot meet partner B's needs, Partner B, so I'm partner B, my husband's partner A. My need for happiness is what I'm responsible for. And I'm literally the only person that can create it. My husband cannot do it. And here's how you know this is true. When my husband takes out the trash for me, and I see how the trash is taken out, but he doesn't put the bag back in it, and he didn't clean off the top of the trash lid, and he didn't put the trash pan back exactly where I wanted it. That's how you know it doesn't create my happiness because I can still find ways to not be happy with the job. And if he didn't do it with a smile on and a honey, I love you and I love taking out the trash, I still get to be upset about it, right? There are so many different ways that it does not create my happiness. What creates my happiness when my husband takes out the trash is the interpretation that my husband cares about me. The story, right? The story I tell myself about that act is my husband cares about me. My husband loves our home as much as I do. My husband loves our family and doesn't want us to live in filth. Those are the stories. Those are the thoughts. Those are the beliefs that I actually feel happy about. It's not about the act of taking out the trash, okay? And this is why it then creates all this manipulation, right? Like, If my husband doesn't want to take out the trash, but he knows I'm going to be telling myself some dumpy story because he didn't take out the trash, he feels manipulated into taking out the trash for me. And that's just not a happy relationship. That's not what leads to happiness. If all of my emotional life and my emotional experience is tied up to my partner's behavior, I give away all of my power and I set myself up for disaster. Furthermore, being in a relationship like this is exhausting because there's so much neediness that's in it. That's not fun for anybody, right? Instead, ideally, partner A meets partner A's needs. 
partner B meets partners, partner B's needs, and then partner A and B come together to create more happiness in doing things together in their life, right? They come together to, in the middle, to enjoy and have fun together in life without manipulating the other one to meet their needs. When we believe that others have control of our happiness, we put all of our emotional well-being in the hands of others. And then when those people in our lives don't follow our manual, don't do what we expect them to, and usually they don't, they at least won't do all of what we expect them to because they can't possibly know, then we're guaranteed to feel negatively. We're guaranteed to feel poorly. And then unknowingly, of course, we blame that other person for our feelings. We've given all of that control away. And then, of course, that cements our powerlessness. So how do we fix this? How do we do it differently? So if you're a client of mine, you know that I always promote that the process of change involves three steps. One, awareness. Two, acceptance. And three, action. Many times we want to skip over that acceptance. And actually, even if you're not a client of mine, you've heard me talk about this in the podcast. We try to skip over that that step of acceptance, but it's really an important part. But the first part always is awareness. So step one is recognizing that you have manuals for people, that you have expectations for the way they behave, and that that's why you feel crappy. That's why you feel bad, okay? So why we all feel like having a manual works is because... When somebody does do our manual, does do our expectations, does comply with our expectations, does do that thing that we expect them to do, we choose thoughts that make us feel good. Like I said, when my husband empties the trash, I choose thoughts like, oh, our family means something to him. Oh, he doesn't want to live in filth all the time. Oh, he's looking to help out. I choose thoughts and then I feel good about those thoughts. But then when somebody doesn't follow our manual, we choose thoughts that don't feel good, right? We believe that him doing the action, my husband doing the action of taking out the trash is why I get to feel good. But that's not the case. I feel good because I've chosen thoughts that make me feel good, okay? When my husband doesn't do what I ask him to do, this is the flip side. And what we all think, like, no, nothing I don't need to change my thought. My husband needs to do something different. And that's just not the case, right? Like I get to feel however I feel and my husband doesn't have to change at all, right? And that's empowering versus me relying on my husband to make do something different all the time, right? So that's the first step is recognition that this is the problem. I have expectations that aren't being met and I feel crappy about it. And that's my issue. And then step two is just the acceptance, right? Like I take responsibility for how I feel, regardless of what he does, regardless of what anybody else does. How I feel is my responsibility. And this is so empowering. This creates better results in our life, and it's an empowering way to live. So this does not mean that you can't request something of your husband. Husband, you're coming home from work. You're driving by the dry cleaners. Would you be a sport and go pick up the dry cleaners? You can totally request that of your husband. That's totally fine. But then your husband is totally free to make a decision to not do it. He does not have to comply with my request just because I made a request. He is a grown man that can do whatever he wants, right? So when that happens, I don't have to make it mean that he doesn't care about us. 
I can make it mean he was in a hurry. He was late at work. He really wanted to come home and spend time with the family. All sorts of other things that feel so much better. I can make a request, and my husband does not have to comply with the request every time, right? Now, there are situations where you make a request, and it's really a firm, it's a hard deal breaker, right? Like, I request that you don't go outside of our marriage for physical activities with other people, right? That's a legitimate request that I can make. He still is a grown man and can make a decision whether he complies with that, whether he seeks out intimate relationships with other women, right? I can have a boundary and that's a whole nother topic, right? I can have a boundary that if you do this, I will not be active in our relationship. I will leave our relationship. You can totally have those boundaries, But it doesn't mean that you have to feel badly about it. You may choose to feel badly about it. That's okay. But you recognize that it's your choice to feel badly about it. And it doesn't, it's not him. It's your choice to feel badly about it. Lots of people are in unhappy relationships that both partners are happy. And when one finally has an affair, the other one's totally relieved because they get to check out of the relationship now too. They get to leave. They have their free ticket now to divorce that relationship and move on, right? So some people are not unhappy when their partners step out and it's because of their thoughts. It has nothing to do with the action of the other. It's because of your thoughts of the action. You get to decide how you want to feel about it. So here's the deal. When you try to control and manipulate other people to do the thing that you want them to do, you end up feeling very poorly and you act and feel crazy in your head, right? So if that rings true for you, like I have this experience that I continue to have, whether it's with your partner, whether it's with your parent, whether it's with random people that you run into and you repeatedly have these experiences and you feel like a crazy person in your head, you probably ought to look and see what manual do you have for these people because that's why you're feeling this way. You have an expectation for how they behave and when they don't comply with that expectation, you get upset about it. Because you've left all of your power with that person, okay? And just realizing this, like you're aware that it's happening and that you accept this is when I have a manual for somebody. This is my manual in action. And then you can decide whether or not you want to let go of that, right? Like, But you are taking back responsibility for how your emotional experience is. Now recognize if you are a parent or a boss, there are certain expectations that you have of people, of your children, like I expect my children to make their bed. I expect my children to be home at at curfew, whatever that might be. But you won't be emotionally hurt because you've set up boundaries, right? You've set up clear expectations. I expect A to happen. And if A doesn't happen, B will be the consequence of that. Daughter, if you don't make your bed in the morning, you will not be able to have free time after school to play on video games or whatever until that bed is made. You have an expectation. You have very clear consequences for those expectations. And then you don't have to feel hurt because you know and the person you have expectations of know what's going to happen, right? You can decide to feel hurt. That's fine. But you also understand that that's a decision that you are making. The crux of this is you can make requests. But when they, when you allow your emotional happiness to depend on whether or not the request is met, you are setting yourself up for trouble. That's really where the crux of this is.
When we do this, we are banging our head against a wall, trying to manipulate people to behave in a way that we want them to so that we can feel better. Of course, this creates negativity in our life. And this is the manual, right? So how do you change this? Again, one, you become aware that manuals exist. Two, you accept that you have manuals for people. And three, you decide when you're ready to make a change, okay? So start with yourself. The work is that we start with ourselves and we think about somebody in our life and three things that we have expectations for them to do. Once you have that person in mind, you write down, write down all of the expectations. If this is your work, if this is where, you know, if it's your spouse, write down all of the things that they would do in an ideal situation. In an ideal world, how would they behave? And then I want you to consider what do you think you would feel if this person did all of those things voluntarily and happily? Now, I want you to remember that all of your feelings that you're listing, they come from things that you're thinking. So what would you be thinking if that person was behaving that way? I want you to really think and identify what the main thought would be. And then I want you to decide, can you have that thought without that person doing anything, any of those things on your list? Because if the answer is yes, then you're winning. You have scored the big one because you don't need to manipulate that person into doing anything different so that you can feel better. You can feel better on your own and you get to decide. And this is it, right? This is the winner, right? You can decide how you want to feel and you can decide to think those thoughts about that person to feel that way. So again, the example of the th- of the trash can with my husband. If my husband, ideal situation, my husband took out the trash can, he did it voluntarily, he happily, he replaced the bag every time, he cleaned off the trash lid every time, and he put the trash can exactly where I wanted him to every single time. And when he did that... I would be thinking my husband understands exactly what cleanliness should be. He understands exactly how things should be clean and it means as much to him as it does to me and that is awesome and I would feel fabulous, right? That's the thoughts. But here's the deal. I can decide to think all of those things anyway. I can decide to think that my husband wants a clean house just like I do, that cleanliness means just as much to me as my husband does, as it does to my husband, that my husband knows exactly how I want things done. I can think all of those things and he never touches the trash can. And when I think all of those things and he never touches the trash can, I can feel good and happy. And so here's the deal, but people will come to me, but he doesn't because he obviously doesn't empty the trash can the way I want him to, right? But I can look for other areas in my life where my husband totally does it and he does it correctly. He does things correctly because it's really important to him. When my husband hangs a picture, he like has the leveler out, right? He's getting the drill. He's leveling things. He's making marks on the wall. He makes them faintly so he can erase them. And then he puts the picture up there, he double checks before he drills, he makes sure it's all going to be level, and then he drills it. So here's the deal, friend. I do not hang things on the wall that way. Like, I'm eyeballing it, I maybe make one mark on the on the wall, and don't worry, you're going to see the mark afterwards because it never can be erased because I make it too dark. And then I eyeball where the nail goes, no drill, no screw, and I pound in a nail, and then I hang the picture. And if it doesn't hold, I go get a bigger nail. That's what happens. <laughs> like, I do not take all of that meticulous effort into hanging a picture on the wall, but my husband does. Because it's important to him. There are things, meticulous things that are very important to him, doing right that are very important to him. I have evidence of that everywhere in our relationship. Instead of choosing to look at the one trash can incident and blanket statement it to our entire relationship, 
I do not do that. I look for other areas in my life that do support that my husband is meticulous, that cleanliness is important to him, that he does care about our family and he doesn't want us to live in filth or disarray, right? I find that evidence because then I get to feel happy and my husband doesn't have to do anything, anything at all differently. So lastly, if you are trying to focus on, if you are focusing on trying to control only you and yourself and your responses to how other people behave, I want you to think about how your life would be. How would things be different in your life? Okay. What would feel better in your life? How would you get to feel? So for those folks out there who eat Oreos whenever they're upset or eat Oreos whenever it was a rough day at work or find that when you're frustrated at work, your brain is offering you food, Think about how your experience would be different if you didn't have to have the frustration because your expectation was that your coworkers would do something different. At home, if you find that you are frustrated with your kids and irritated with your husband at the end of the night and that drives you to want to do evening snacking, think about if you could change that frustration and not have that frustration, how would the health of your life be different without that? And then realize this is where that manual work comes in. Yes, this is complicated. And yes, this is where coaching comes in so helpful because we all have stories. We have stories about our parents. We have stories about how um, a recent one that a client came to me with was an incident where she had had an encounter with a, a store worker, somebody she met at a restaurant. And she was very frustrated because she has these beliefs about how a restaurant owner should behave towards their customers. But when we can let go of that, when we can let go of that expectation, at least let go of the way it's tied to my emotional experience, to your emotional experience, suddenly we aren't suffering with it. And suddenly our brain isn't driving us to eat crappy food because we feel like we're suffering from something else, because we feel powerless, suddenly we're empowered to really have the life that we choose to have. And that's where this manual work is so important. So I hope that all of that was helpful. I know that it's a lot. It just is. It's not how we're taught to think. We're taught in kindergarten, little Johnny said something rude to me. I feel badly about it. I get to feel hurt. My feelings are hurt about it. And that is just not the way it is, right? Little Johnny could say something rude to little kid A and little kid B. Little kid A and little kid B could both have different experiences of that, even though Johnny said the same thing, right? If your experience is Johnny hates me, he said this rude thing to me, if that's your thought, the story that you're telling yourself, and you feel badly about it, you're of course going to suffer with that. Versus if you say, oh, I think little Johnny's having a bad day. I wonder why he's feeling he needs to act like that. You don't feel badly about it. You're not hurt by that. You go on about your day and live happily the same way you would whether Johnny said anything to you at all. So that's the work. And those examples are very simple examples, but they are very complicated in our life. And that's where the work comes in. So if that's work that you feel like you need help with, certainly send an email to Delane at DelaneMD.com. If you are a client of mine currently working with me and you want to dive into this deeper, definitely at your next session, bring this up and we will definitely dive into this deeper because this is the hard work. This is the tough stuff. But really when you can do the work, And really take that power back into your life, that's when the doors blow off of your life, right? Like you can do anything. 
the world opens up for you. And that's where it's really empowering. Try it out. Let me know what you think. We are going to be making a lot of changes to the podcast. I'm changing the name, one. Two, I am going to start videoing instead of just doing the audio recording. And I'm going to be putting it out on YouTube. Not this week. Probably next week we will be doing that, though. So prep yourself for that. Those are the two big changes. And that's it. That's how it's going down. So I hope everybody has a great week. And I will be back next week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Also, leave me a review. If you want to resolve your diabetes naturally without any pills or injections, I can help you. Visit DelaneMD.com for more information. Click on the Work With Me tab, send me a message, and we can set up a mini coaching session. You guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.